This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. You can email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Taking your computer calls, comments, questions, and concerns. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs that comes in from TAB to uh, help me out with your computer questions and comments. MCSE stands for Microsoft Certified Engineer. Um, and uh, that is one of the things that differentiates TAB from many of our competitors is a lot of, their, uh, of our competitors aren't certified. Uh, so be careful. Again, you, know, you want your folks to know what they're doing. Uh, and with our case, uh, Microsoft says that our guys know what they're doing. So it separates uh, some of the men from the boys out there. Or girls from the ladies. Either way. <laughs> Let's go on to uh, Paul and Litchfield first. Hey, Paul. Good morning. Um, talking antivirus. Yes, sir. Uh, Windows Defender versus the past, one over the other. That's it. I mean, I, 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 as you guys know, last week I called. I got a brand-new laptop with one terabyte solid-state drive, touchscreen. Nice. All sorts of bells and whistles for Christmas. Santa was very good to, to Daddy this year. Nice. Um yeah, and but you know it comes a Windows Defender. Yeah, and I've been running a vast forever and ever. Yeah, um, it, it's all with one with one terabyte. I really don't need to worry about space necessarily, but having two programs, you know, that are doing the same thing just seems stupid to me. I agree. You don't need two antivirus programs. You just need one. And if you like a vast, you can keep using it. That's only half the battle. Avast is basically, or any antivirus program, is only half the battle as far as we're concerned. We'd prefer you to stay out of some of the areas of the Internet that can cause the trouble in the first place. So if you run OpenDNS and configure that for yourself, you'll find yourself much less likely to be infected with a virus or even have to have your antivirus do anything because you're not going to find yourself um, in the bad areas of the Internet. Now, if, if I decide to stay with Avast, can I disable Windows Defender? It will. Kind of like, you know, you, you got two choices. Take, you know, take it or keep it. It disables Defender automatically when you do the install. So when uh, I install a VAST, it automatically disables Defender. defender. Yes. Yep. Okay, I didn't so know that. If you, okay. Thank you if, very much, guys. You got if it, Paul. You, okay. If you uninstall a VAST, then you got to go in manually and re-enable Defender. Right. Right. The commercial software is going to turn off the free stuff that's built into Microsoft right. for you, but it won't re-enable the free stuff. Right. However, your, your, your computer will warn you that you don't have antivirus, so there will be a security pop-up that well, comes maybe. up most of the time <laughs> for current Windows Sometimes operating Sometimes the security center gets turned off. <laughs> oh, that's true, too. Um, so we, we have antivirus. I run the free one at home for my system. I got three boys. Me too. And uh, you know what boys can do on the Internet? They're, the the free software has worked fine. Haven't had a malware or any kind of virus infection for decades. It has nothing to do with me being an IT guy. I just make sure they that we have OpenDNS running so that the internet is protected and uh, they have less chance of getting in trouble. Could they still get in trouble? Sure, but they have less chance. So we have four lines wide open. Feel free to get on online one eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. And Bob, we were talking a little bit about the next electric car manufacturer that's out there that they were around for a while and went away and now might be back. What are they called? 
Uh, Fisker. Fisker. All right. Fisker's got a new Fisker. offering, right? Is it? Are they at CES? Yeah, they. Yeah, and they're at CES. And actually, the Consumer Electronics Show is showing a, a, a car. Actually, we can put a link up. Yes. Oh, this is really something. This mm-hmm. car. It's electric. Okay. Yes. And it's really sweet looking ride. Yeah. I mean. Well, for the price tag, it better be. Yeah, hundred thirty grand. Hundred and thirty thousand dollar electric but car. You can go four hundred miles to a charge. Four hundred miles. Four hundred miles. Now and that's it, a bigger range than on my gas powered car. Well, my uh, uh your hybrid. <laughs> well, my little will go five hundred and fifty to six hundred sometimes on a trip. That's a hybrid car that Bob has. Right. Um, so Fisker's got a four hundred mile range car. $130,000 car, and of course you get your $7,000 rebate but from the rest of us. I'd watch my, <laughs> I was looking at the pictures, I got it in front of me here, Yeah, and I would watch my head when you get in, because the doors don't open like a normal car. Right, they're they gull open wings. up. They're the gull wings No, they're wings not style. gull wings. They're different. They're different than, no. well, the, no? The okay. front door opens like this, and the back door opens like this. You guys can't see it, no, because, yeah, yeah. you know, but it's up in the air, and if you look, yeah, you know, I'd watch my head. Maybe wear a helmet. Well, short people. So basically, <laughs> this, is, this is great for short people. Um, we'll put the link up there for you. It's a beautiful uh, car, and it's great to see some some competing. They have thirty one pictures of this car from all different angles. It's uh, yeah. it's at CES. Get on a fast flight. Go down at one hundred and thirty grand. It better be beautiful. Yeah, but a four hundred mile chart uh, range is really great. That's really one of the issues that we have with electric vehicles is their range. So. Well, just just go down and and just just tell them you want it. Hundred thirty grand, no we'll, big deal. We'll put Pocket a link. Change. Yeah, we'll put a link up there for you, and you can take a look at it. And uh, we'll go from there. Let's go to uh, Sue in New Britain with some uh, email issues. Hey, Sue. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, my emails about once every three weeks drop off my iPad, and it says I don't have any mail, and then it starts to reboot them from way back in two thousand sixteen. And I don't know whether or not it's an Apple pro- I have an iPad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it has something to do with Comcast, which is my server. Your mail provider, right? Email provider, yeah. So I don't know what to do about it. So there's probably a limit on to how many emails it can display um, on the iPad. Have you ever deleted email off of your Comcast mailbox? Uh, no. Yeah. You're killing your system. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what's happening, especially if you have a, a Mappy client, a Mappy email system. You're trying to – every time your iPad connects in, it's trying to say, okay, here's Sue's emails. Let's show her all again. And it's talking to the server, and the server's downloading it. And eventually your your little client there on, I, on the iPad, I, I'm contending, is just choking on it all. So you got to clean up our mailboxes. If we don't clean up our mailboxes um, – you could have these types of issues, so I think it's a limit on just how much mail it's trying to show you. So go into your, go onto a PC, maybe. Do you have a computer in your home? I do. Yeah. With, with the same email box. Yes. Okay, and go go back into your and log in. You'll see all your email, and go back in time, and, and maybe blow away your sent mail that you've sent back five years ago. Get- Is there a quick way to do that, or do you have to hit each one? You can highlight whole groups. You can highlight whole years. Depending on how effective your computer is, though, even that process can choke. And you can set up archiving so that you can actually delete yep. email beyond a certain date. You can configure that on your Comcast So you could account. have it so you could keep it for six months or 12 months or for three years. Right. So maybe you may want to log into your Comcast email and see what you've set for hanging on to mail. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you empty your deleted folders, if you... 
clear some of your sent folders of mail that's been sent many years ago, I th- I would bet you that's your problem. Um, so it's not the current email things, anything that is coming in. I think it's trying I've to saved a lot of it. Yeah, I think what it's trying to do is show you a lot of mail, and it's finally just hit some sort of maximum on your on your on your mail client on your iPad. That's what I'm thinking it is. Do you have any other thoughts, Bob, that it could be? Yeah, I think it's just trying to download it, and uh, it's just, you you got to have a faster computer. You need a big, you know, a port going out to the, you know, some, some speed, if you will, coming through your high-speed Internet. Right, and this is a, an iPad, so it's a little lesser than a PC. You might be going over wireless. The wireless might be slow. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe lessen some of that mail that's trying to show you. Yeah. Um, I think that's the key if you've never done any deleting. It sounds like you haven't. Well, I've done some, and I'm doing it on my iPad itself, mm. where I'm just clicking it all off and trashing it all. Takes forever, right? But takes forever. Right? Yeah, yeah. Go on your PC and or go log into your Comcast account. You should be able to do some mailbox maintenance within the Comcast account itself. Okay. And that might be easier. You could tell the Comcast system to not hold mail for X number of, you know, anything older than, I think. Um a year? Whatever you feel. Well, yeah. It depends on what kind of business you're doing on your email where you want to hang on to right. it. I do have another comment. Yeah, sure. I'm one of the ones that got caught with a 5S and an older iPad. Yeah. Neither one of them was working very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I bought a new <laughs> iPad and a new iPhone mm. um, the week before the battery information. Came. Yeah. Sorry. So I guess there's nothing I can do about well, that. Well, no, there's a, there's class action lawsuits all over the place that you could join. Well, nothing in Connecticut that I can see. New York is the closest. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Well, don't worry. They're coming to a, a Connecticut lawyer near you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll keep my eyes open. I'm sure it's coming. All right, Sue. Okay, thanks a lot. You got Bye-bye. it. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, it's she deserves something. I mean, if she could have just changed her battery, which I'm sure she would have been happy well, to do. Two two devices. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not cheap to buy two, a new iPhone and a new uh, iPad. No, it keeps the Apple stock going, though. Let's go on to Len in Manchester. Hey, Len. Len, you there? Yes, sir. Sure am. What can we do for you? Well, I got a problem. I messed up, and I was in uh, safe mode, and I went down to that bottom repair file uh, option that uh, I think is a disaster for just about everyone that tries it. Okay. And, uh, well, the machine crashed. Well, I, I went to restore, and fine, I got through the restore to the point where it was going to uh, do the final uh, in- installation, and it tells me that you cannot do this in safe mode. Okay, so fine. Uh, I couldn't get it out of safe mode. I took it to the computer store, and they uh, straightened it out, made it like a, a uh, fresh machine. Yeah, factory defaulted it for you. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so uh, then I go to put my backup in. I'm using a Western Digital uh, Passport. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, fine. It it did absolutely nothing. Oh, no. But then what I went in to the individual files within the passport, I was able to pick some stuff out. My Word documents and PowerPoint and uh, Excel documents, I, I could recover those. You got your data, but not your um, not your software, right? Well, no, it wasn't an issue of not getting the software, but uh, what what uh, I haven't been able to do anything with was recover my uh, contacts file from uh, from uh, Outlook and uh, some some picture files that I had that uh, 
I recovered one or two pictures, but there's like about 30 pictures that, in that file that are, are still missing. Okay. And it, is it something I should contact Western Digital and see if they could do anything for me? Um, you could. I mean, they could maybe assist you looking at the backup. It all depends on what you selected within your backup uh-huh. as far as what was being placed on that drive and then how you're going to recover it. So half the battle is, well, there's two sides to this story for backup. Making sure you understand what you're backing up and then understanding how to restore it. So people really should kind of practice doing restores now while their computers are working because it really stinks doing it when they weren't, they're not working. Yes. Um, so you understand how a backup and a restore works. And occasionally double-check as to what you've selected. Um, you might have not selected those areas of the computer that store wherever you put those pictures and, and maybe you didn't store your, um, your contact, you didn't in, include your contact folder, your contact file in your backup either. Is it an Outlook um, yes. client? So that yes. should be a PST depending on the version of Outlook, right, Bob? Uh, yeah, it depends on the version. Well, it's going to be a PST or an OST. Right. And um, I would contend that if it's not a PST, you're going to have a hard time getting that mail. Uh, the contacts? But if it's an OST, it means you have an Exchange server. Right, which you probably don't have an Exchange server, right, Len? You're not using no, Exchange. No. So you probably have a PST file that you could look for on that Western Digital backup and see if it's there. You and could it, you could uh, click on the C drive and up in the upper right-hand corner under search, mm-hmm. you could search for star.pst. On the Western Digital? Well, on the Western, yeah, it would have to be. The only problem, though, Len, is if you used a software tool to produce your backup. Did you use a software tool to create a backup file, or did you just do a raw copy and paste of the data? Uh, no, it was the software. The, the software that uh, Western Digital provides with okay. the uh, uh, drive. All right. So, in that case, just doing a search won't work because you're not. You're going to have to look at the actual encapsulated backup file, and that's going to have to be re, you know, opened. So, you might need some help from Western Digital on that restore to see if they can help you find that particular file. But I would bet you you didn't include it in the backup. Well, uh, no. The, uh, as I say, most of the stuff I. It, Came through partially, mm-hmm. but well, the, uh, the the contact file from Outlook didn't. But right. the pictures and all that, I got one or two pictures, and there's you know a bunch behind it that, that they didn't back up apparently. Interesting. Yeah, maybe you only clicked off to do the, the. Well, it's weird to have the primary directory and not subdirectories included. Yeah. Um, you could have forgotten to select it or deselected it by accident when you were going through the backup process. Um, that could have been part of the issue. It really comes down to how good your backup is and in the first place. What have you selected? Some people do image-based backups where you can get the entire system as it looked and plop it back on. Some people are doing file-level backups, which it sounds like was what you were doing because you were selecting areas of the computer to backup rather than the whole thing. Uh, maybe due to space, who knows. But yes, Western Digital might assist you to try to find them. But other than that, I would I bet you you just didn't select them. It could be. Yeah. I'll have to give Western a call on Monday. Well, good luck. You may have to email them or text with them. That might be, be I doubt you're going to speak with anybody. Oh, okay. No humanoid <laughs> contact. Exactly. So. Oh, already. I thank you very much. All right, Len. Take care. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Is it is a constant issue with backup is that you really need to know what you've backed up. Is it a full We pick up many customers, many business clients whose old IT providers were using 
really poor backup methodologies and doing file level selections uh, rather than full image based backup. So the, the the client really didn't realize the risk involved um, as far as what they had available to them for restoration should they have a failure. Um, so full image based is what we recommend for business. Um, file level you can get away with for personal. Um, my rig is set up with ESUS, ESUS, E A S U S, and uh, it's a very inexpensive backup program. I back it up to a, a, a Western Digital NAS, and uh, it does full backups and incrementals on a regular basis. And I'm trying to get my brother to get one too, so I can synchronize the NAS with his. And now I've got an offsite backup. The other thing you need to do is you need to do test restores every now and again, right? Make sure it because, works because yeah, sometimes. It'll say that it backed everything up and it didn't. Well, right. That happens. I mean, that really happens. Yeah, sometimes the, uh, the, so the green bar you, you a, see is incorrect. You do a test restore and suddenly, well, it didn't restore it. Well, that right. means your bad backup didn't work. you got to find out why because it could be all your backups aren't working. Right. A lot of things you have to do to be sure your backups are of any use to you when you have a failure like the last caller went through. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Four lines wide open. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. Everything we've talked about is posted live by Mike G. He posted to our, our old-fashioned website at computertalkwithtab.com, the name of the show.com. Everything we've talked about will get posted there. You can also follow us on Facebook. And as long as Mark Zuckerberg deems it worthy, because they keep changing those news re, uh, news feeds uh, all the time. So I say that because hey, tomorrow you never know if he deems it worthy. It'll go into your news feed if you like Tab Computer Systems. Also, if you follow us on Twitter at Tab Computer Sys, it'll go to your Twitter feed. So plenty of ways to get these links so you don't have to remember them because that's the biggest problem these days is you Google it. I heard something on Tab. I tried to Google it. Then you end up in the wrong place. And you end up downloading some sort of piece of software that can do damage to your system, and we don't want that. So uh, you'll have the live links and any links of the past. They're called archive links. Will be on there for you. Uh, anything else you want to bring up, Bob? As far as news? Um. Yeah. I got. Well, no. I got. If not, I got one here for you. Um, Microsoft is going to halt the AMD meltdown and Spectre patches after reports of unbootable PCs. So again, AMD talked about. The fact that they thought they were immune to the uh, meltdown inspector patches. And then, of course, Microsoft doesn't really pay attention to who they're updating. They just update their operating systems. And it turns out that older AMD processors, um, when the patch was applied, were being bricked, as it were, turned their computer into a brick um, because it would just halt uh, and make them un unusable. So... AMD processors, the older ones are affected and the patch is damaging them. And even the new AMD, some of the new AMD processors do have issues as well. So this is a big problem that we're going to be dealing with for a while, Meltdown Inspector. However, guys, just so you know, these processors have had this problem for 20 years. <laughs> and the only way to take advantage of the, um, the issue, if you're a bad guy, is you first have to have access to the computer. Right, So they first have to get past any other security programs you have in place before they can take advantage of this vulnerability. So it's not the easiest thing to leverage, um, but we will all be trying to patch it. Microsoft sending up patches, Apple, all these companies are working on it. So uh, we'll be dealing with this issue for quite some time. We're going to be back after the uh, news. Stick around. Four lines wide open. Feel free to get online. We're here to 11. This is Computer Talk with Tab.
We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Feel free to get online. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Then coming up at 11, Dr. Alessi will be in with Healthy Rounds, giving you a second opinion on your health advice. And then uh, I think we got a little bit of uh, garden talk. And then uh, the men will be taking on Tulane at 1230, so stick around for that. And then the women take on Houston at 3. So uh, a lot going on here. And then those Titans take on the Patriots tonight. Go Titans. <laughs> Not gonna hold my breath. Let's go to uh, Paul in Hartford next. Hey, Paul. Hey, how are you? Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good, Good morning. Got a problem. Uh, Windows 10 Pro. Yep. Uh, the computer's a few years old. It's a secondary computer, not a main computer. Yep. Uh, it's stuck in a Windows security update loop. Okay. And uh, I'm not. I don't really need it to update. It, again, it's a secondary computer. And I've yep. gone online and I've done a number of things that they that I found online that they suggested, including going into settings and trying to set it to manual and a few DOS keystrokes. And uh, <laughs> no matter what I do, yeah. um, if I leave the computer on from powering up about five minutes, it starts the security download. Uh, and the prompt pretty much fills up the screen, and you can hit the hide button. But when it finishes downloading and says it needs to reboot, it says it errored out, and you get into this endless loop. Is there a way to stop this from happening? Uh, how endless is your endless? How much time did you give it? Because uh, it there's says been times. There's been times I just let it sit overnight. And uh, is it? Uh, uh, um, does it say it's reverting? Yes. At, at some point, it does say it's going to try to revert. Okay. So I let that. I let that go. Okay. That and could... again, it never reverts. Well. How much time are you giving it? Because I've seen it take over twenty four hours. Uh, it's been it's sat for at least twenty four hours. But when I come back to the screen, it seems to be at a prompt where I have to do something like, please click here to continue, or please click here to reboot. So again, being a secondary computer, it has sat there for sometimes a day or two. So when you reboot, can you go and hit the uh, F eight key? And then get into uh, safe mode? Uh, I was not able to. I'm familiar with that, but in this particular uh, PC, I was not able to use F8, but I was able to go into safe mode um, from Windows. And to be quite honest with you, I don't remember the results of that, but it was not successful because I've, I've done so many things with this now yeah. that I'm you know, kind of lost. But uh, it seems that everything I've tried to do, uh, it, it, has, it has failed. Well, there's a there are a few manual ways to try to get around this. Um, that it, it sounds like we, when you first told us about the issue, you might have tried it. Uh, we can put a link up here from Microsoft directly that that supposedly answers this this issue, um, okay. and you can hope that it will work. But uh, if you still have the issue, it could be one of those things where you have to do a wipe and a reload of the operating system as one of those final solutions. Um, yeah, that was one of the suggestions online. Yep. And uh, but I've even go, you know how come when I go in and set it to manual and and don't do it automatic, I wonder why it still keeps doing it. Well, there's a problem. I well, mean, it doesn't finish, and so it wants to, it it that last piece that tells the registry that it's done isn't happening. And what, okay. what we're going to put up here talks about manually resetting the Windows Update components. Uh, individually, now you talked about doing some DOS th things, like you probably went in there and did some net stops. Yes. Okay. 
so hopefully this isn't the same darn thing that you've already tried. If it is, so there is a point where you have to punt. Even in, we have to punt too. And the <laughs> yeah, punting, yeah. I call it wipe and reload, would be your punt, right? So there's something yeah. corrupt in the operating system that's not cooperating with the, the normal approaches and you have no choice but to punt. Make sure you've got a good backup and then start over. Do you have the operating system somewhere? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, and I've got and I've got a backup again, being a secondary uh, PC. Right. Um, but if I if I do Control Alt Delete, stop the task while it's you know halfway through, it does stop it, and the computer works just fine. But again, if it sits there for five or six minutes, it tries to do it again. So can, yeah, it knows that it hasn't it hasn't finished. Right. Can you do a if if you're able to get into a screen where it's working? Can you do a system restore to a point previous uh, previous to when it happened? I tried that, and apparently I'd never set up system restore, so the answer is oh. no, I can't do that. Yeah, that would have been a nice punt option. It would have, and I thought about that, and I went and tried, and, you know, dumb me, I didn't set a restore point. So well, actually, I it's dumb Microsoft well, for not it, doing it for you. Well, it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be done automatically by yeah, default. it's supposed to. But what happens is is that um, some of these updates or so, some of your other software and malware, especially malware, will turn it off. So you could actually be looking at a malware issue that is has caused this for you, Paul. Um, That's and that, true too. And I did run malware bytes, and it came up clean. But, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't mean that you're mean clean. Everything. So when you right. get right. when you get into System Restore, typically it'll only show you the last one. You want to look and see how much space is uh, provided for System Restore. If it's set right. to zero, you're kind of out of luck. But if it's yeah. set for a lot of times, it's two percent. I always move it up to ten percent. And um, yeah, and then you'll get more, and then it'll say uh, it'll give you the opportunity to show older uh, restore so points. So you'll have to after you wipe and reload, just make sure that your restore points are available to you going forward. Right, right. If, if you take that punt right. point, so we'll put a link up here for you about the continuous update loop, and, uh, and hopefully the the manual reset option here is something you haven't already tried. If it is, I really do think you're at a punt point because you've already spent enough time and energy with the, the research you've done that. You've got better things to do. It's a it's a backup machine. Yeah. Just wipe it and reload it. Configure your your restore points going forward. Get your security in place and and call it a day. And go call it a day. Yeah. yeah. I guess I just don't give up easy enough. Well, that's yeah. It's it, it can be kind of like you're trying to solve a problem, but the problem is with computers. It's not like fixing a car or something. It's not like fixing yeah. a part. It's it's insidious. Right. You could have a corrupt. Imagine a. I don't even know how to equate it to an analogy, but if you could change a drive shaft, but the drive shaft was corrupt. You put the new drive shaft in, you get the same result because it's a corrupt yeah. drive shaft. I mean, you're trying to apply normal logic to an operating system that's very, very bloated and with all sorts yeah. of working parts. You can't assume that you're going to ever fix it if it's got a, a corruption. So wipe and yeah, reload. It's a catch-22, so your wipe and reload might be the way to go. But, yeah, I'll, I'll try a few of the things on the link. And right, um, if that doesn't work, I'll spend another maybe hour, and that's it. Get my life back and just redo it. There you go, Paul. Good luck. Thank you, guys. All right, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. That's the key here is to figure out where you got to just start over. Let's go to um, Gail in Burlington next. Hey, Gail. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, the other day I brought my iPhone 7 in to the Apple store to have it um, a new battery put in um, Yeah. because of that kind of controversy. And they um, attempted to replace the battery, and they ended up frying the phone, oh, the geez. phone I bought in July. The so. geniuses did it? Yeah. Oh, boy. 
Well, they said it started smoking, so I guess that's frying. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. smoking, frying, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, they said, oh, um, we had a little problem, so we're giving you a new phone. Yep, that's good. So, so they did. They did. Well, they gave me a new phone, and everything migrated fine. However, I did some research. I was there for like five hours, so my I wasn't wow. on my game when I left. But I was thinking once I got home about refurbished versus new because they gave it to me in the little white box you didn't i didn't have the presentation like you usually get with a new iphone which that's fine with me but um my question is when i did research it showed that if a a model number began with an n it's a refurbished phone yeah if it begins with an m it's a new phone okay and so i uh, i have an iphone model n as a nancy so I called the manager at the iPhone store, and he, you know, did use a lot of dancing. But basically, he said I have a brand new phone, and I'm not sure I agree with him. Well, so here's the thing: if you look at your your uh, agreement when you purchase the the Apple device, they have things that they say that they'll do. Uh, in the event of an issue, right? So they're probably within their rights to give you a refurbished phone, um, but it's up to them, to, as far as a company and you as a as a consumer, to decide whether or not you're happy with that approach because they're the ones that blew up your phone, right? Yes, you did. you went there because you're worried about your battery for their product, and then they blew up your phone. <laughs> yes, and then you're worried about getting a refurbished one. So it's the trifecta there. Um, it's up to you, Gail. I mean, you could always keep fighting it. And, and Apple, one thing they do do, because they make so much money on their phone, chucking new phones at people is the easiest thing they can do. Yeah, um, and I, I mean, they make, so, they make so much money, period. Why they would be so dishonest about telling me that I have a new phone when it's refurbished and then arguing with me about the well, fact. About it's the new to you. It's new to you. Well, I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, no, I hear you, Gail. Um, I would. Uh, uh, you spend five hours there of your life uh, at the Apple Store. I would go if you feel strongly and you want a brand new phone because you just bought the other one in July, right? Yes. Why did you want to replace the battery if it was well, only? Well, because I heard about that uh, they had put less less um, with the new iOS upgrade that your battery wasn't as efficient because Apple purposely did something with the battery or something. I don't have that's the okay. So did, did so, they test it for you before they told you? To do- yeah, they did. Um, a test on on the phone, oh. but because of this controversy, they're place, replacing everyone's battery. If you have an iPhone six or newer, oh. uh, for twenty nine dollars, you didn't know about this. Well, I, so I, I knew about this, but the point is, they tested your battery and then either found it to be bad and decided to replace it, or they just decided to replace it anyways with the risk of frying it. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. So well, that makes no the technical woman on sense the phone, at all. Um, did the testing, the diagnostic testing. Yeah. When I brought it in, there was just not even a question. They, they just, just said, said okay. It would take four hours because the, there was a million people that were getting yeah. new batteries. What a mess. So the, uh, the, the diagnostic test on the phone, what did she do to test it on the phone? Uh, over I don't the phone? know. Okay. I, you know, I have no idea. I gotcha. So it's up to you, Gail, to, to push that issue or not um, with so, but them. Are you in agreement that the N is a refurbished phone? I would have to defer to whatever you looked at. I mean, I would have to ask Apple. Any any phone, the, the serial number doesn't really matter, right? Because you're going to give them your serial number now, whichever phone you just gave them, right? Yes. Then you're going to contend that was a new phone when you bought it, right? Yes. So what the serial number was that? I don't know. Was that an N phone? It, the idea no, that it was an M phone. It was a Model M. M is in Mary. Yes. Yeah. So and my new phone is a Model N. And then when I went online just to kind of check things out, yeah. that's what I've been. But I don't know. You know, the 
areas I've looked. I don't right. know how valid those, but why would they write something like that? I hear you. Um, I don't know that they could say an N versus an M is refurbished or not because the M you just gave them, they're going to refurbish, right? They smoked it or fried it, but they're going to send it out for repair and you're going to get it back, and that M is going to be back in circulation as a refurbished phone. So I don't know that you can go by the M or the N. Okay. Um, if if he says it's new, you could you could, you know, either trust him on that. Um, if if it's working fine, you've got it better. It's then working you, perfectly fine, but I just don't like the idea. That I hear you. They weren't on, you know, forthright with me. I hear you, and that's up to you how you want to handle it with them. But if it's all working fine, Gail, I would recommend that you just. Leave uh, sleeping dogs lie and and move on. And you, okay. I, I would hope you di- didn't go through all that pain for nothing um, in the first place. Well, I guess I did because I was just um, following the news and yeah. how that battery might not be good in the future. And right, maybe they're getting commissions on selling twenty nine dollar batteries too. I have no well, idea. Well, they they keep uh, saying that you're getting a good deal because normally they're a hundred and whatever. They're normally eighty bucks. Yeah, and then to put insult on injury, just to add to this yeah. little, they gave me the new phone and I had a, a screen shield on it, and they were going to charge me for that, and I refused <laughs> to pay. <laughs> twenty five bucks for the screen shield. Yeah, and yeah. no, and, that, and so they put a new one on anyway. Good. Well, Gail, I think I would just leave it if everything oh, okay. if it, if the, if it's working fine for you. Pay attention to it and uh, move on. Okay, thank you very much for taking my call. All right, Gail, thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Wow, what a crazy story. So here's the here's the thing about the Apple iPhones. You, you got to first figure out if your Apple device does have a, a a battery that's aged and poorly performing because of Apple on purpose before you bother replacing the battery. And we have put a link up here for you for a. A battery uh, checker that'll give you an idea as to whether or not your iPhone needs a new battery. Because for some reason, Apple can't come up with that technology. They're just not capable. You need a third party to do it. And they'll tell you whether your Apple uh, even needs a new battery. And then you have to spend half of your day down at the Apple store to have somebody take it out and put it in for you. So that's the key here. Uh, Matt, am I taking a break or am I continuing? Take a break. All right, except for a quick break, uh, Dr. Lessie's in the house. We've got Chris and Russell on the line. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk. We're going to be here until 11, so we'll get to your calls here. I want to thank all you guys for joining us on this uh, super beautiful, warm, springish-like, freezing cold Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> what a nutty, nutty time. hundred years ago, they were saying the same thing, though. Let's go to uh, Russell in Enfield. Hey, Russell, what's up? What's up is my Outlook isn't working properly. Oh, boy. What's going on? What's going on is when I have an email up um, from either a company or um, a friend, and you go to the area where you want to, um, uh, let's say, buy tickets, and you click on the buy tickets, an error message comes up, that says this operation has been canceled due to restrictions in effect on this computer. Please contact your system administrator. Mm, who's that, you? Yes. <laughs> so I say to myself, so... What are you what doing? You, the only, what happened, let's say, a week or two ago, um, um, uh, before this happened, there was the uh, um, update. Yeah. And... Um, after the update, uh, this Outlook uh, um, uh, uh, came up 
um, on uh, the, this error message came up in this mail system. Yep. I have Google Mail, yep. the blank works on Google Mail, right. um, Yahoo Mail it works. Yep. So it's only in Outlook itself that this uh, um, operation for linking to the websites has been uh, turned off. Okay, so here's the thing, Russell. Believe it or not, it's a good thing. So your email system is trying to save you from yourself. Now, it's probably a setting in there that has said, look, any any links with an email, you need to approve. So if you look at the top of that mail message, you may have to, to click on turn on uh, links uh, or turn on images from this sender so that you can activate those links. But what it's trying to do is protect you because the way ransomware is gotten through or the way phishing schemes occur are simply through email and links with an email, right? So the more we are conditioned to click on links with an email, the more we have a higher chance of getting infected. So Outlook literally is trying to protect you. It's causing you some frustration because this is something you're expecting to operate. But I bet you if you looked at the top of the email, you could turn on um, links or we could find a setting within your Outlook that allowed you to turn on links um, uh, within your Outlook, because you've turned the links off. What version of Outlook do you have? Ten. Outlook ten. Okay, so we'll find an article as far as how to turn on links within Outlook ten email. It's already up there for you. Um, but just so you know, it is trying to save you. If well, you, I, I was figuring that there, there, there's a reason for everything, um, but it's always frustrating when it works on everything else. Um, and it says that the, this uh, um, has been uh, stopped by um, the uh, uh, um, computer itself. Right. Yeah, that's because yeah. Outlook, the, the, the Google Mail and the Yahoo Mail are just browser-based mes- uh, messaging systems, and they're happy to send the malware right down to your system. Okay. <laughs> so this is a tool that actually protects you. We put a link up there for you, Russell, and take a look at it, and we should be able to have you correct it. But understand that that's where the phishing occurs and the ransomware occurs. i got to go, Okay. Okay, uh, and go to... Uh, um, Tab.com. It'll be right there. Okay, thank you. You got it, sir. We're going to uh, thank all you guys for joining us on this lovely Saturday morning. I want to thank Matt for producing. Stick around. Dr. Alessi's up next, giving you a second opinion on your health advice. See you next week.